Good Arab Shabbos, dear friends. Parshas Korach. Unfortunately, a very uh, bad sign, especially uh, with Chodesh Tammuz, something that Klaus shall have been nuchshol in the past. Achleikus, try to learn about it. Try to be metakin it, fix it up, and uh, grow from it. Baruch Hashem. So the Mishnah Perkiavus, in the fifth parak, towards the end of the fifth parak, says, "Kol machleikus shehi l'shem shamayim sofal iskayim, v'shein l'shem shamayim ain sofal iskayim." If it's for the sake of heaven, it'll endure. If it's not for the sake of heaven, it won't endure. The obvious question that everyone um, discusses and needs to understand over here, and Shem will come back to it as well, is how is this a nice thing? If it's a machlekes l'shei shemaim, so it's going to persevere. It's going to continue being a machlekes. Um, isn't it good to bring a machlekes to an end? Isn't it good? That it should not be in the sky. It's a little bit of a cloth kasha, but uh, it has to be addressed. Okay, continues the Mishnah by giving us examples. What is a machlaikas, which is l'shem shemaim? That's the machlaikas of hill and shamai. What's a machlaikas that's not l'shem shemaim? That's the machlaikas of Korach v'chol edoso and his entire congregation. And seemingly, you know, the the examples are uh, are unnecessary. They they seem to be telling us things that are pretty obvious. If it told us a borderline case, you know, a case of a machlekas where you might have thought is not l'shem shemaim and kamash it is l'shem shemaim, or the other way around, a borderline case where you thought the machlekas was l'shem shemaim and it really ended up being not l'shem shemaim, that would be informative. But to give us such extreme examples, Machlekes um, Hill and Shammai, famous, famous two such big tzaddikim and chachamim, um, to say that Machlekes was l'shem shemaim seems to be pretty obvious, and that the Machlekes of Korach v'choy also was not l'shem shemaim also seems to be pretty obvious. Um, okay, so we'll try to understand this Mishnah better by first going and learning up the Psukim of the Machlekes of Korach Vaidasu. So the Posuk says, Vayikach Korach. He went and he gathered uh, people and he, he um, took stuff. So what does it say right before that? Sanchuma, Midrash Sanchuma, points out that the previous psukim that we left off last week's parsha with was the mitzvah of tzitzis, which the, you have the white strings in order that to wrap the blue strings around it, um, and the tchelus, that is like the main highlight of the of the mitzvah, the mitzvah of the lovon, there's the mitzvah of the tchelus, um, and seemingly right after that mitzvah is when Korach um, now decided to go and challenge Moshe. So the Tanhuma says 
that Korach prepared all Tchelus garments for all of his people and he dressed them all in it and they came out and they said to Moshe um, is this garment obligated in in, uh, in Tzitzit or not from this midrash by the way the implication is uh, like the Rambam understands that that the mitzvah of Tchelis is what's called the Chuta Karuch that really the Lovan is just a um, a base upon which the Tchelis can be seen but really the mitzvah is the Tchelis because you see that now that they're wearing garments that are cool Tchelis so Korach is under the impression that you don't need the Tzitzis at all he's not challenging um, you don't need the Tchelis you don't need the Tzitzis at all um, of course, Rashi even the Ime would be Madche like they are in the Gemara Menachos a number of places that uh, Tzitzis here means Tchelos. It's a little bit Lavdavka, but that's, it actually means Tchelos. That was the only question they had: is do, do we need Tchelos? The, 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 the simple understanding of this Tanhuma, as we're going to see, is that he held you don't need uh, Tzitzis at all. Not Tzitzis, not Tchelos, nothing, because the, the garment is called Tchelos. So. But, and Moshe Rabbeinu responds yes nonetheless it needs tzitzis even though it's kulot chelis it still needs tzitzis so immediately Korach and his people began to laugh and say how can you say that if a garment that's of a regular material is exempt with one string of chelis um on each corner four strings overall uh, so here that entire garment is how can it not be that it'll help then he followed up with another question if you have a house that's full of Sifri Torah does it need a mezuzah on the door and Moshe Rabbeinu said yes and Korach again began to laugh that if the, all the 278 partials that are in the Torah uh, cannot exempt this house so then what can the mezuzah with two partials do or the other way around if a mezuzah with two partials can exempt it so why can't the Torah with all 278 partials in it accept it so Korah therefore said you must be a liar and you're making this stuff up by yourself ok so the the Gurarie here on the spot asks a bomb kasha is what was Korah thinking when he set up this whole elaborate super expensive very very work intensive scheme right he spent you know, the equivalent of um, probably $50,000 per garment in trailers, right? Kulo trailers. Trailers was very, very expensive. And Gemara says that uh, trailers was worth its weight in gold um, in, back in the ancient world. So to have a garment as cool trailers is extraordinarily expensive. It's like a, a uh, Japanese, um, you know, wedding dresses are, they're all silk, these all silk dresses, they're like, 
$50,000 each. So he made these extraordinarily expensive, fancy garments, went to all this effort, and all of that for what? What was he thinking what Moshe Rabbeinu would answer? So the Gwari puts it as a monofshach. Whichever way you go, it's problematic. If he thought that Moshe Rabbeinu will say that they're exempt, because that's what makes sense to him, he was a big kochum, he consulted with other people, members of Sanhedrin, and they all thought it was ludicrous to require tzitzis on the garment that she called chelus. So, okay, so then if Moshe is on, just like you think it's the reasonable thing, so isn't it reasonable to assume that Moshe Rabbeinu will also answer the same thing? That Itaka does not need tzitzis. And if they thought that Moshe would say that it does need, that from their own reasoning, they for some reason thought that he would say it does require tzitzis, doesn't that mean that it makes sense that it should require tchelos? So either way, what's their plan <coughs> to embarrass him? Um, so, the Gurari over here and the Tiferes Yisrael and Perakhov base in a little bit more in length, in depth, um, explains that Of course, Korach expected that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to say that it does not need does not uh, need a mezuzah. The house does not need a mezuzah that's full of Sefer Torah. And the garment that's called Chelz does not need tzitzis. Why did he think this? Because this was the reasoning. This is what made sense to Korach. The Cholei Doso, they discussed it and they said, yeah, it, it should not need. So certainly Moshe Rabbeinu is going to agree to that. When we ask him, he tells us it doesn't need. And that's when we'll turn on him, we'll tell him, just like this garment, that the entire thing is tchelos, does not need tzitzis, so too the Jewish people, that are kulim kedoshim, they're all holy people, do not need you as their leader. Why should you be different? Everyone is equal, everyone is great. When you have a weak garment, a uh, regular garment, a non-trailless garment. So it needs to have at least four trailless strings, one in each corner, to help elevate it, to make it a holy garment, to make it special. But if your whole garment is kulo trailless, if your whole house is filled with Sifre Torah, then you don't need the leader. You don't need that one outside the pack. So therefore, they were going to, at that point... Um, challenge Aaron and Moshe. And the Maharal explains further that that's why specifically the question was regarding the Tchelos and the Mezuzah because the Tchelos has to do with the Kiyuma Mitzvahs, with doing Mitzvahs. Right? Like the Pasuk says, which you saw it recently in the Parsha, Uriisem also Uzechartem as kol mitzvah Hashem va'asisem osam. Right, last week's parsha is by seeing the trailers, we're going to be reminded about doing all the mitzvahs of Hashem, and we're going to do them. So that has to do with the doing of the mitzvahs. The mezuzah, on the other hand, the mezuzah is an excerpt from the Torah. It's written. It has the halachas of of 
being written like a Sefer Torah and in the mezuzah says the Dibarta Bam so the writing of the mezuzah is an extension of Vidibartabam of speaking the words of Torah means just like we're supposed to speak in the Torah wherever we are, wherever we're going, wherever we're sitting and we're going to take those Divar Torah and write them on our house so that's also Divar Torah that represents Moshe Rabbeinu the one who taught Kalsrel Torah so that was Korach's challenge was that he was expecting that Moshe would say you do not need, we're exempt in these cases from having the tzitzis, from having the mezuzah and then they were going to challenge and say we don't need just like we don't need Tchelis, we don't need Arna, just like we don't need a mezuzah, we don't need Moshe because we are all holy, we are a holy nation and the answer is exactly the point that you're wrong in this they are still chayev, you still do need tzitzis and you still do need a mezuzah and Kalasel still, still do need Arn and Moshe the obvious question is okay but where did he go wrong in his reasoning I mean Korach seems to have presented a Kavach Omer uh, uh, reasonable argument so if we look in Sefer Nasser Yisrael or the Maral Pergman Dalad Maral there explains the difference between two different types of unity, oneness there is an absolute oneness the oneness of one one thing that's Kulo Chad like Hashem, that we say about Hashem Hashem Achad um, absolute oneness that's something that's absolutely unique only to Hashem there's another type of oneness which is the one to be found outside of Hashem and that's called the oneness of parts oneness where many many different pieces come together and uni- get united come, uh, to become a single entity and that uh, conceptually is represented with Echad means the numerical value of the word Echad is 13 Aleph is 1 Ches is 8 Dal is 4 that's 13 that's a d- different type of Echad there's Echad which means 1 and there's the Echad which has the numerical value of 13 where 13 parts come together to make a 1 this is a oneness of compound things coming together and in this um, there are uh, many examples but they all say the same thing that there's 12 parts and then when they come together they come together thanks to a single uniting factor something which is separate from all of them but has to do with all of them and that one unifies all the parts and brings them together to become a chad. And that's, like we said, uh, 
just a minute ago in, in the letters themselves, Aleph is 1, Ches is 8, Dal is 4, so the Ches and the Dalad, that's 8, but then they need to be unified through the 1, that's the Aleph. And that 1 is always, like the letter Aleph says, Aleph, spelled Aleph, Lamed, Pei, Aluf, also like a leader, also if you rearrange the letters, the morale says, then Aleph, Lamed, Pei becomes Pella, Pei, Lamed, Aleph, read backwards, Pella is a wonder, it's something that's separate, something that's out of this world, something that we're not connected to, that we can't uh, directly experience or relate to, that's a Pella, it's out of this world. Uh, beyond, beyond us. So that's the one that unifies the twelve has to be transcendent. It has to be from a different makom, from a different place, from a higher place. We see it with Yaakov and the twelve Shvatim, the Gemara, famous Gemara in Psachim, Taf Nun Vav, that we've said over many times, that the twelve Shvatim were unified, Al Yedei Yaakov to become one, or twelve Shvatim unified by Shevet Levi. Shevet Levi are the ones that are located in the in the center of the Machana, they're they don't have a portion of the land, they're different, they're set aside to Hashem. They can be that one you have a person that the Sacred Sira says person is comprised of twelve main body parts, twelve limbs, and then there's the Neshama unifying it all together. So this is the concept of the one unifying all the parts. So to over here the point is that the only way that we down here uh, compound beings, beings made up of many many parts our world is a world of many many pieces, of many facets different quote unquote truths you have your truth and I have my truth and there are, there are different facets to the truth and that's what we can have even a concept of a machlaikas l'shem shamayim uh, one truth is the truth of Hillel, the other truth is the truth of Shammai. And how does it all come together? How can this relate to the one God, to the one who is absolutely one, Echad, Vaposhut, uh, without any compound nature, without any subparts? So, Maral explains that the one can only relate to one, one can, can relate to one. But it can be the one of a chad, of absolute oneness, of simple oneness, of singular oneness, can relate to a one of parts, the one of 13, the echad, which has a numerical value 13. So one can relate to 13. 13 being spelling out one. So two the one God, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, can relate to a Klausrel when we are Am Echad Ba'aretz, meaning in a compound nature, not in the way of Hashem, which nobody else has, where of, simpl- of simple oneness, but rather of compound oneness. But that compound oneness demands that all the subparts, no matter how special they are, should be united by some, by, by a single entity which is separate from them um, 
transcendent of them, the one or the aleph of the echad, and that only, and that's the only way to connect to Hashem, and that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said to Korah when Korah came and demanded with his 250 men that they all want to be Kohanim Gdolim. So Rashi brings that Moshe said to them, "This is by the." idol worshippers like this, that every man has his own with many high priests and many temples and many gods we only have one god only one temple and only one high priest and so even though all of Kalashal are very special we're all Tchelus we're all Sifre Torah but nonetheless in both Avodos Hashem and Maisim Tovim which is represented by Tchelus by the Kahuna and in the realm of Torah, represented by the mezuzah, by the Sifri Torah, uh, every year is very, very precious and special, like a like a Sefer Torah. But nonetheless, all those Sifri Torah, each one has a slightly unique Sefer Torah, a Sefer Torah which speaks to a different point, a different perspective. All that has to be united through the mezuzah which is outside the house the entire garment has to be united through the sealed chalice which is outside the garment separate from the garment distinct from the garment tied onto the garment attached onto the mezuzah of the house and that's what unifies everything that was the job of Moshe and Aaron to be the mezuzah to be the chalice to unify Klausel uh, in our Avoda to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and that was the part that Korach missed the question is okay so Korach was totally wrong he was dead wrong and he you know, ended up dying because of it but why such a severe death? Why absolute uprooting from the world? Him, his family, his children, all their possessions. Uh, I mean, if he just made an honest mistake, he thought we're all special, we can all have a direct relationship to Hashem. So he was wrong about that, okay. But why such a terrible punishment? So, for this we have to understand the concept of Machlaikis. And this is, we're going to go back to the Mishnah Perkavos that we started with and look at the morale over there. The morale explains that Amachlaikas L'Shem Shamai means that I have my perspective, you have your perspective. But we both realize that there's a higher source, the Shamai, Amachlaikas L'Shem Shamai. We're all intending for the sake of heaven and understanding that there's a higher perspective than mine. And perhaps that higher perspective leaves room for another perspective, such as yours. Now, maybe I don't, can't relate to that perspective, I don't understand it, I don't think it's right, but I am, my, my perspective is to bring out the Rosh Hashem. It's not my perspective because it's mine. It's mine because I'm trying to bring out something from up high. The morale over there gives an analogy that water and fire are absolute opposites. And yet, Malach Mechoel, 
which is the angel over water, and the Malagavrila, which is the angel over fire, both of them serve Hashem. That's a Machlokes L'Shem Shamaim. Mechol is not about the power of water. It's about the power of water expressing the Ratzon Hashem. And with Gavriel, it's not about the power of fire. It's about the power of fire expressing the Ratzon Hashem. It's a Machlokes L'Shem Shamaim, where each one intends to bring out the Kvot Shamaim. So then if that's the case, then they can both be under the greater umbrella of the creator of all, including fire and water, creating a creator of all physical beings, creator of all existence. And then Michal and Gavriel can both serve Hashem. Uh, so here, with Korach, there was no interest, no attempt to connect to one God. The statement was, I'm Khashiv. These people, they're also Khashiv. We're all Khashiv. We want, we deserve, we want to be the Kohanim. We want to be this. There was no question of what is the Ratz Hashem. There was a precursor old. There was a throwing off of the yoke of heaven. There was no interest in allowing Hashem a place to connect to. It was a statement of personal grandness, personal greatness, which really is a source of, of idol worship. Right? All of the Avodah Zorah, why did they have so many different gods and so many different temples and so many different priests? It's because man is striving to connect to this and to connect to that and, and express himself in the best ways possible. Whereas if man is looking to find an expression for Hashem, then he understands that the being that Hashem is one, there has to be a unifying force. And that is called leadership. Moshe and Aaron were the leaders of Klausel. You cannot bring out the Kvod Shamaim without leadership, without unification. And therefore, as great as we are as individuals, that has to be negated, it has to take a back seat, it has to be take uh, the leadership of the one that's above all of them to unite them all, to make it all one so as to bring out Kvot Shemaim in the world. That's the Machlaikas L'Shem Shemaim. That the Machlaikas is that everyone is interested in bringing out the Shem Kvot Shemaim. With Korach, it was necessarily not that because there was no interest in making the thing one. There was no interest in helping it to connect to a one above it. It was just a statement of intrinsic hashivus, which certainly, although, was right, and that's why it resonated a certain deep um, point with Klausel, and that's why so many Hashiva people answered that call, because we know that we are uh, intrinsically great people, but it's important to know that that intrinsic greatness has to be united, one with the other, all of them together, through a leadership which will allow us to become one and express the covered Shemaim of Hashem Achad. Good Shabbos.